Hello and welcome to the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Alex Osinenko. My day job is a CEO of 4.5, a marketing company that works exclusively with fee-based property management companies. I spent the last seven years of my life helping property management companies become more successful by improving sales, marketing, and operational efficiency. On this show, we'll deconstruct success into its key components and invite subject matter experts to help you improve every facet of your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome to the today's episode. Um, got a good one for you. Um, we're going to talk about how to restructure your property management uh, company or department um, to satisfy a savvy client in 2017 and beyond specifically. And I have a gentleman to help me cover this. Um, I've met him in Australia just recently. We went to LPMA conference and I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, guys, I am really impressed with the way Australians uh, uh, organize and educate property managers. LPMA is 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 sort of the association that brings like you know, the best minds and the education is top notch. Just the operation wise and systems wise, these guys are way ahead of U.S. Uh, you know, I've been this in this property management U.S. industry for, well, about I don't know, 12 years or so. Um, and I'm impressed with Australian uh, um, industry and how they view property management and how much more kind of prominent it is. But anyway, so I, I'm going to go on a tangent here. So let me introduce Reese, Reese Stanley, right? Did I get your name right? Yeah, that's that's right, Alex. Uh, awesome. So Reese, um, him and I, we met at the trade show and we chatted and chatted and decided to do this podcast because he's got a great topic in a presentation. He's actually a presenter at LPMA and I sat through his talk and I, I said, man, that, that is really, really interesting content. So Reese started a property management only company about six years ago. He is uh, at a thousand properties plus at this stage. And Reese is also a founder of a, an outsourcing company, right, Reese? Yeah. Yeah, called Q Results for quality. So it's it's called QResults.com.au. Really cool. So we'll find out kind of how that came to be and why and what his sort of direction. Um, but Reese, did I capture your sort of personality in introduction? Did I leave something out? No, no that 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 covers it. That covers it well, Alex. Um, you've sort of pumped me up a bit. So sweet. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, good, man. Good. Love to hear your voice. Um. All right, so let's dive in. So you, you're passionate about this subject. Why? Why do you want to be? Why do you want to be satisfying or, or present yourself better to a savvy client? Is that what you see these days? Yeah. Well, I, I think you know. In this, I, I look at 2017 is a new economy to what we've had in the past. And um, when I say new, I'm finding that our our customers, our clients are. They're, they've got a lot more information at their fingertips than what they've ever had before. And um, they're wanting to know, well, they know a lot more. They're asking information and they want instant answers. And the days of, you know, making a phone call through and then waiting for a few days to get a response is unacceptable in today's economic client uh, climate. And um, because of that, a lot of property management companies are having to change the way that they've done it in the past. And 
things are changing. So unless you unless you adapt to that, you're going to become extinct pretty quick, or you're certainly not going to grow your business. Gotcha. Um, in in our pre conversation, Reese, you mentioned that. Um, you know, you've kind of dug in and studied why a lot many property management companies either fail or fail to grow or just fail to achieve what they're initially set out to achieve. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit? So, what did you conclude? What did you study? Well, well, first and foremost, for for, for us, we had a a just a general real estate office. We had a. Um, an office that did real estate sales and property management. And I likened it to the, you go to the doctor, the GP, the general practitioner, and and a typical realtor's office will do residential sales, commercial sales, auctions. They'll do residential leasing, commercial leasing, land sales. They do everything. And uh, that's how the general public perceive, perceived them as a GP. And the day I took our realtor office and I separated our sales and I called it a completely different business. We call that our, we call it Bar and Stanley. That's what we trade as. But I took my property management department and I rebranded it. I called it just property management. Mm. And that, in essence, to the general public, perceived me as not a GP, but a heart surgeon in property management. And when that shift occurred, the general public um, sought me for, um, they were happy to pay extra uh, and expected better service and better advice because I was a heart surgeon of, put it, property management. And um, so that, just made a culture shift in our office and in our marketplace, which set me out, I guess, differently from my competitors, which inherently caused us to get more inquiry and caused us to grow. And, and the results um, are there, right? The results are there. You, your company has grown phenomenally well, right? Yeah. And um, so in, in changing the perception in the marketplace, um, so reality changes and and we had to set about making sure that when someone called we were in fact um an expert in property management and when the when our perception changed i had to make sure that our systems were on point that um the checklists were there that the training was there that the customer service was there and in, in tow, um, our, our property management department has improved and it's not without fault by any means. It's still property management, sure. but it's certainly a lot better than where I, where I began years ago. So I've been, um, lately I've been on this sort of a, a mental safari um, looking through some brain um, science and brain coaching. And this guy I've been following called Jim Quick, um, is a brain coach. There's a few interesting podcasts with him. You might want to look that up, guys. Jim Quick yeah. with a K. Um, interesting guy. So, And he's talking about programming your brain, and he has got so much data on how well that works. So you program in the morning. You do some visualization. I mean, look, this is not kumbaya stuff. This is real. Like your, your brain is a computer, and you program it, and, and like there's some real, real hard data that it works. So basically, Reese, what you've done, you've programmed – your prospects into demanding 
like, hey, these guys do just property management. They gotta be. They gotta be. You know, that that's all they do. They gotta be good at it. And and you you have a chance to sort of, or if not earn that customer, then at least have your competitors struggle. Because <laughs> how do they compete yeah. with that? How, what do you answer? Well, well, uh, I, I I I figure that um, most investors are going to call in three or maybe four. Um, companies in to do an appraisal, but what I found in in our city, uh, well, I'm in a in a population area of about seventy thousand people, and there's about twenty six realtor offices that do property management. So wow. it's reasonably competitive. No doubt. But what I found is when people were calling in to get an appraisal, they called three or four people in, but I was always one of them. And. Um, when your when your opportunities are so much more, well then it's it's then up to us to make sure we've got the skill set to convert. But getting that call in was a, a really big benefit. Really good. So let's kind of shift gears a little bit. And um, but uh, by the way. I just want to just quickly mention this podcast is sponsored by two great companies. One is Four and Half, which is you know my company. I'll talk about that in a little bit later in a, in a conversation with Reese and and also PM Grow Summit, which is a conference for the top minds and entrepreneurs in the property management space. We'll talk about that in a minute. But let's get back to your specific sort of passion and your area of expertise, Reese. And, and you gave me a few bullet points to kind of go off of. So if you don't mind, I'm a I'm going to go yeah. ahead and, and, and tackle this one. Um, you said property managers. Um, what jobs can they do? Like, what, what did you mean by that? Like, is there a specific? So, it, it, in your in your quest to get efficiency, to get the best customer service, to get the savvy client satisfied, what do you see the position of property manager is these days, or what is it converting to? Well, well, typically in, in the past, property managers have done everything and they're doing, they're showing prospective tenants through properties, they're processing applications for properties, they're doing property condition reports or entry reports, they're typing up lease documents, they're doing inspections, they're doing final inspections, they're doing maintenance, they're communicating with um, owners, they're communicating with tenants. and I, I just sense that in the industry, particularly in Australia, there's a high turnover of property manager. Um, there's a high turnover due to stress, um, and and that frustrates investors. You know, having such a high turnover of people and it frustrates uh, a business owner. So I really looked into it and thought, what is it that a property manager really needs to do what are the dollar productive activities and I, I really nailed it down to um, a couple of things firstly is to communicate with landlords if all a property manager had to do was take phone calls from an investor um, where they're looking after their property and could speak to them just about all of the other issues are subsidiary to that and um, owners were the the complaints in the office dropped dramatically because typically a property manager was out of the office doing inspections or um, dealing with with tenants out looking at maintenance 
And the owner doesn't really care who's organising the maintenance. They don't really care who's typing up the lease documents. All they really want to do is when they ring, speak to their property manager. And that in itself has solved a lot of problems. So, for example, I in the past, a landlord would call in because he's driven past his property and he's seen that the lawns are long and he calls up and the receptionist puts it through to the property manager's desk and she's out doing inspections or in other appointments and he leaves a phone message to say, um, can you call me back just in regards to my lawns at 2 Douglas Street, um, need to get those looked at, can you call me back? Um, so the property manager comes back to the office after doing inspections or final inspections and she's got a list of emails and, you know, six or seven phone calls to return. And having returning an owner's call, although it may be urgent and important to him, on the list of tasks to do that she's got, it's at the lower end. So, you know, she doesn't return the call because she's time poor. And next day comes and it's Groundhog Day again. She's back out doing inspections and then she returns to the office and um, she or he have emails and phone calls to return. So the owner that called yesterday, again, doesn't get a return call. The issue then is not about the lawns. The issue to the investor is, hey, I'm paying you and you don't even have the courtesy to return my call. Um, it's you, You're not caring about me or my property. Mm. And the issue becomes more about communication than it does about the lawn. So if you can cut that off right at the, at the top and take the call, well, then you're, you're preventing a lot of bushfires occurring. Yeah, because, because in reality, a lot of times, and what I'm hearing, Reese, a lot of times you can dispatch, you can send out the maintenance people to cut the lawn within a week, right? It's not going to be something that they need right away. It's the answer and the care that they're looking for, right? That's right. Hmm. That's exactly right. What's the second part? So it's first is communication. What's another property manager's job that you see 2017 and beyond being that kind of the key, the focus? Well, well, the, 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 um, I found communication was pretty much the, the key to everything. And that's internal communication. So when she's um, delegating tasks in the office, she's not um, – She's not uh, giving those tasks away and not following up on them. So she, she, she's well aware of the maintenance that's being done. She's well aware of the inspections that have been done. She's, she's abreast of all the information on that owner's property, but she is the conduit to the owner. So she's the font of all knowledge. So when the owner calls, they know everything. The property manager will know everything that's happening on their property but she's personally not um, doing every task. And that, that just saves a property manager from, from a lot of stress, a lot of heartache. And because of that, um, I, I've found in, in the past, property managers would typically not take lunch breaks. They're working extended hours. And there's this stress load um, that is put on a property manager and they simply cannot handle um, the job and that's evident with the, 
the amount of staff turnover that occurs in property management. So, Reese, um, let me ask you this. I've uh, heard Adam Hooley speak, and I really like the concept of squads in terms of, you know, do you have the property manager, property management executive, a property manager, and a kind of assistant property manager. So what you're saying, the property management executive will be responsible for all of the external and internal communications. Yes. Because right, she needs to understand what's going on with each property. It's her portfolio. She needs to stay on top of the portfolio, direct the maintenance team, direct this, this, but not necessarily do it herself or himself. And then the external is always be available to the owners. Um, what, what, what's, what happens underneath? How, does the, how do we solve this? Because you know, property managers can't afford you know, management layers and management layers of payroll, right? What, That's right. What's so, the deal here? So, well, the, the, the thing, the, the key changer to property management and being able to do it, restructure it, as Adam Hooley has said with the squad, is really what, how we operate at Just Property Management, mm-hmm. is outsourcing is a key, um, a key tool to be able to restructure an office. And um, when you can, there's, there's two types of outsourcing. One is document and data entry outsourcing, where um, we use the Philippines. Um, it's in a similar time zone to where we live. Uh, their English is really um, clear, efficient. It's actually most of their, um, when they speak, they have an, an American accent. So that's really helpful for us in Australia. Um, and I guess where you are, you, you may use Philippines or India or probably Mexico, but it, you know you get a cheaper labor. So we've really tapped into the outsourcing market because again, preparing lease documents, sending out notices to tenants, updating reports, um, all those things. An owner doesn't care who's doing that. They expect that it's done, but Having um, being able to tap into an outsourcing company to do that is a game changer because it frees up time um, for property managers to be able to do the things that matter most. So you said there's two types of outsourcing: documented data, and you listed a few. Um, yeah. What's the second type? The other 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 type of outsourcing is doing physical tasks. So. We would outsource things like um, entry report updates, inspections, and final inspections. So it still requires people to physically be in Australia to do those tasks, but we outsource them from our office. So a property manager doesn't need to... um, I believe they can't be in the office and then spend half their day out of the office doing inspections and um, those sorts of things. And, you know, that that creates um, the mindset of most property managers is, hey, I, as a property manager, I must go to the property and I must view the property so I can um, know exactly what's going on. But the more I've looked into that, that's certainly not the case. And I actually believe that if property managers are doing the inspections on properties, there's a conflict of interest between um, for the owner. And if I can share, can I share that? Yeah. So I, I would look at it as typically a property manager, certainly in Australia, is female. 
and they may go out to a property to do an inspection and they've they've had a um, a history with the tenant and they may come to the property and you've got some big burly tenant there that is um, quite not not aggressive but um, unpleasant yeah unpleasant and so he's leaning over her shoulder all the time while she's trying to fill in the report and the house might not be up to standard but because of his intimidation mm, okay you know they they fill out a report that is in more favor of the tenant and then you know they go out to the backyard and they see the backyard and there's a green section of lawn and then there's a section where the dog has tracked the backyard and and ripped it up and it's sandy and the property manager would take a photo of the green section of the grass and not take a photo of the sandy section. That, that is it. I've never thought that actually tenants uh, – I, I mean, do you do, you do inspections when it's occupied or when, it's, when the tenant is yeah. not there? Well, we do, we do inspections um, on a property up to four times a year. So when, when there's tenants living there, we go through and do an inspection to make sure it's being maintained and looked after so we can give a report to the, right. to the you, owner. No, I get that. I'm, I'm sorry. I, what I'm, I guess, yeah. So, but the question is you get, you get permission from a tenant, right, to enter. Because in the U.S., you have to have like it's a very – it's a process. You have to make sure you give them a 30-day yeah. notice, something like that. It's yeah. a similar way where same. you guys are? Okay. Yeah, we're, we've got to give a notice period and, and tenants – um, have the option, obviously, to be home. And okay, so they can be home, but uh, a lot of times they're not, or they, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, so most tenants will want to be there for an inspection. Oh, okay. And, and so when we send these reports, the, the report to the owner, they get this report stating that the, the grass is really green and they've got a photo to evidence that. They have got uh, photos and descriptions inside the home that are in more positive light but then, then the tenant vacates and the owner comes to have a look at the property mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't marry up with the, the report. And he says, well, why, why you, you did a report three months ago and it was in really good condition and now I come here and the backyard's destroyed. Um, what's happened? And really, the property manager is put in a, in a position where they are influenced a lot of times by... Um, you know, previous history with a tenant or coercion or, um, you know, and, and that's, I, I just believe there's a conflict of interest. So when we outsource inspections, firstly, the, the inspection comes in and the property manager reads through the whole inspection and the, the inspector is never dealing with a tenant, is never dealing with an owner. They can give an actual true Impartial, account. maybe. Impartial. An impartial. That's, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. And again, this is you hiring a professional who does inspections, who presumably is all they do, just like your investor hiring you, because that's all you do. That's right. You hire a professional who's done this, been there, done that. They've seen their share of tenants. (laughs) They don't. Yeah. Yeah. They just do their work. They do. They they do their job, and and so we've found that by having this, um, you know, it allows the property manager to be in the office. And, and do the things that matter most, i.e. taking phone calls from owners, mm. re- responding to emails. And then they're not out on the road um, because an, an owner doesn't really care. If, if he can never get hold of you because you're inspecting all these 
these problem properties that they've got that belong to someone else, well, how's that a benefit to that investor? It's not. That is that is that is that is really good. It's not you know the simple things. You know, I just had a lot. My last podcast, I had it with another gentleman called Andrew Props, really really smart guy, and he's talking about you know the simple things being. Like you miss the simple things. I think this is one of the simplest things that we all miss. Um, and and, like picking and up can a phone. I share? Yeah, I'll share another thing. Alex is also the the other time consuming activity that property managers do is final inspection. So when a tenant vacates and they go through the property condition report, and we we would typically take about two and a half hours to do a detailed final inspection. So you're reading through the entry report and you're making note of any marks on walls and um, the condition of the oven and you go through. And because property managers, you know, they're, they're out of the office and they, they know full well that while they're out, there's this building pile of emails and phone calls that they've got to return. And so they're pressured, they're in there doing the final inspection and what would typically take two and a half hours, they try and shortcut and they do in an hour and you know they're skimming through the report and that's well and good, they, can, they get the bond money back to the tenant and they get a new tenant in there and lo and behold, the new tenant moves in and they ring up and say, hey, the reticulation's not working and they find out that the the pipes have been chewed by the previous tenant's dog and so the property manager rings the the investor and says um yeah we need to get the reticulation fixed and he says why wasn't it picked up at the last final inspection report and you know all of a sudden the the property Mm, manager where she's yeah there's a conflict there and and so we've outsourced the final inspection. So again, someone can go out there and do an inspection, a final inspection report. They can take their two and a half, three hours. They're not time pressure. That's all they do. And the property manager turns up with 15 minutes to go. And the inspector says, look, there's this wrong, there's that wrong, there's this wrong. And they can get all the problems and they ring Mr. Investor and say, hey, I've just completed the final inspection report. There's these three or four issues and they can get dealt with. And again, a property manager is doing the stuff that matters most and the owner does not care who is doing the final inspection report. All he cares about is that it's done properly and all the matters are dealt with. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm speechless. (laughs) I, this is this is really really key stuff. Um, I am also thinking about. In, you guys have a good inspection company that you outsource this to. Where yeah, you well, are. yeah, we do. I I actually um, I just put a an ad on Facebook and said we're looking for some inspectors, and I've got a blend of um, two or three people. One of them's a gentleman who. Um, because there's some pros and cons to having men and women. Um, and, and by stereotype, I find that men are probably better at dealing with some of the mechanical issues like reticulation, um, getting in with their tools and maybe fixing a few loose hinges on a property. 
where, whereas the, the females have a better eye for detail for cleanliness. Um, but having a blend of those two, so I, I put an ad on Facebook and I just said, listen, we'll, we'll pay um, X amount of dollars per inspection report. Um, you contract to us. And, um, yeah, we've created a, a Google Doc and some systems and we train them. And now that they is just, awesome, man. So it's like an Uber, man. They they can do some inspections, you know, as you that's said. Right. That's nice. Yeah, that's really clever. Yeah, because I don't really know any inspection. There's some companies in a couple of states here that do that specifically specialize in inspections and stuff like that, and you can hire them. But I don't think there's any in California. Well, well, I I just found that there there are some inspection companies, but I found that they were they were very expensive. And um, so I created my own, off, like you said, like the Uber, I created a, a Google calendar and I list all of my final inspections, for example, and my three um, inspectors can log on the month before and pick out the inspections that they want to do and um, the brilliant. day of the inspection, they come in, collect their keys, go out, do the report. And, you know, there's a lot of mums at home that just want to earn, um, yeah. you know, $80 for doing an, a final inspection. And it's a good money for them, you know. They, they can earn some money and they might work, do two inspections a day. They might do one a week, whatever they want to choose. That is really good, mate. That is pretty brilliant. I, I love it. So what's some what's some of the other wisdom? So so let me just recap this so far. And actually, I got to talk about my sponsor real quick. But let me let me recap what we've learned so far. Um, I think property managers, what Reese is saying, need to focus on one thing, one thing only. That is communication, whether that's internal, or external, both are important. But the owner's call needs to be picked up. And you know the way to do that is to, you know, outsource the, you know, the day to day, the rest of the work. Um, to the professionals, whether it's somebody, you know, through outsourcing like documents and data, like you mentioned, in Philippines or elsewhere, or even, you know, next door, whatever, and then outsource physical tasks like inspections, yeah. final inspections to professionals who can do them right, who are impartial, who will uh, get the data to the property manager who can then make decisions, c contact the landlord and get the right fixes in place and stuff. Does, it, does that does about to cover it? Yeah, that's that's correct. Cool. So our first sponsor today I'm going to talk about real quick is uh, uh, PM Growth Summit. This is a conference for forward-looking and entrepreneurs, uh, property management entrepreneurs. And we've had our first one in January 2017. Had a great turnout, awesome event. If you guys want to check it out, go to uh, pmgrowsummit.com. And you can actually sign in and uh, there's a one-time fee if you want to access to all of the pre professional recorded presentations and videos and there's about 26 total um, or if you attended the event and you're listening to the show it's no charge to you you can access to all the videos and 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 notes and uh, presentations anyway we'll look uh, looking forward to seeing you guys all at the 2018 show which is going to be in January again in San Diego, more information to come. All right, Reese. So we've talked uh, uh, just talk, just talking about that PM Growth Summit. I actually heard a lot about that. I um I know Dennis Youssef. 
Yep. And um, he said it was a wonderful, wonderful um, conference. And uh, I've actually just been talking to my business partner, and we're, we're actually looking at coming over to your one in 2018. So um, we look forward to being there for that. So uh, I look forward to getting the extra details. We'd love to come to beautiful San Diego. I've been there before, and um, we'd certainly love to come back and visit there. So Yeah, Reese, we'd, we'd love to have you. good to be there. You guys uh, shown us an amazing hospitality. I mean, we'll, we hope we can reciprocate at least 50% of what sort of <laughs> hospitality you guys showed. Uh, I mean, you know, Bob and Dixie, the organizer of LPMA, I mean, uh, we got wined and dined and we got special attention and they always translated things for us when we didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome, man. So we hope to show you the same hospitality and would love to have you. Um, all right, so the, so we were kind of on the, on, the, on the other side of it. Are there any other nuggets of wisdom that you well, want to impart? The other, other thing, you know, in, in property management world for business owners, and when I say business owners, I'm not talking about the property management companies that might have 100 or 150 properties under management because that's you, you've really got a job, you know. You, you're in the trenches, you're doing everything. But once you start getting to 300-plus properties, it really becomes a business and you're – as a, as a business owner, you face different challenges with, you know, staffing issues and what have you. And so I have in my office, one of the structural things that I've done is typically they would have a property manager and an assistant property manager. And just for the ease of terminology, with the assistant property managers that we employ, none of them are full-time staff. So again, I've tapped into the world of mums and a lot of mums, um, you know, they're torn. They, want, they, they need to earn some income to assist, you know, the finances at home. But they're also, they're, their number one priority is, is raising the children and um, taking care of the, the home front. And, and I was in the past employing full-time people as assistant property managers and you know you get staff turnover because either they they find it stressful or they get bored with the job whatever and i i started employing i in, employing mums on a five-day fortnight so they would do work one week take the next week off or they would work three days one week two days the next week and so all of my assistant property manager positions, including receptionist, um, I, I now have as in job sharing roles. And this has enabled, you know, because when, when, you're, when you're running a business, people call in sick or they're entitled to their annual leave. And when someone goes on annual leave, you're always trying to pull someone from a different area to fill the gaps. But now where they job share, every time someone goes on annual leave, the other person that they're job sharing with will cover for them. And so it's really made our office a lot more streamlined. Um, there's no, no downtime, which, again, reduces um, complaints from tenants and owners. They've always got someone there to deal with. 
it reduces the pressure for property managers. So um, my just clearing up on that, my property managers are all full-time, but my assistant property managers, if I use that term, um, are all job-sharing roles on five-day fortnights. That is, again, I've never heard this done before. That's pretty... It's pretty interesting, and and I'm sure it comes with its own set of challenges. But to me, it sounds sounds like pretty ideal. Yeah, well, the the biggest challenge is just communication internally in the office. So um, having having a system where all internal communication we we don't use email for internal communication. You have more of a like a chat. A chat room, or we use Basecamp, Basecamp, mm-hmm. or with that. Yeah. Um, those software programs where you can internally communicate, and yeah, so really good. Um, all right, Reese, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and say that this is this is very very interesting stuff, and uh, I I love to get some feedback. So guys, if you have any feedback or questions for Reese. Reese, do you mind if people uh, reach out to you? Um, if oh, we can... no, no problem, Alex. I um, like like when I met you guys at the the LPMA conference in Australia. You know, I heard um, you talk uh, on behalf of Four and a Half dot com, and um, Jordan spoke, and you know we were in awe because as much as you say that Australia may be. Um, doing property management different or um, to the US. I, I firmly believe, and I travel to the US to find, because I, I believe the, the US are the thought leaders for technology, definitely. And um, your software programs, and they're far superior to, superior to ours. And like what you're producing with that four and a half, um, we have nothing like that in Australia that compares with the technology. So we're we're really trying to speed up in that area. And this is so interesting, uh, Reese. That you brought this up, I have to I have to kind of talk about it. It's a dynamic. It, Australia is, I, and, I'm, and I'm telling you, this is my perspective. I'm sure perspective of many operational systems and sort of just the the way the respect this industry gets, even though you don't think it's like that much, but you're five years ahead of US. Um, yeah. Technology-wise, like the software and, and, and the, the services, the more technology-enabled services like marketing and more of that sort of stuff, five years behind. Yeah, that's it's right. very interesting. How, so, so if you guys bring your tech up, just imagine. Yeah, that, and, and, and see, you know, the stuff that you're sharing for us at the the leading property managers of Australia conference is it is so like it's almost beyond our comprehension you know we're sitting there trying to piece it together and because a lot of our software programs even are, are not cloud based right. they they're just starting to 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 try and create that stuff now and that's like in America, that's like yesterday's stuff. That's old school. That's 2005, literally. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, okay, 2007 maybe. That's it. Yeah. And and so, you know, these other other programs that are coming out where you can use marketing to to reach out to investors and be top of mind, um, 
that's yet to hit our shores. Um, you know, especially in the property management world, where um, we're we're behind on that for sure, and that's why I love coming to the US to just try and find new things, and I'm I'm keen to attend. You know, things like that PM Grow conference where you're open to to touch base with these sort of people that have the technology that can we can leverage off. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I look forward to seeing you PM Grow. We're gonna have we're gonna have really stellar vendors there, like the you know hand picked, not hand picked, but you know the, the best of the best who are um, who has been proven and 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 you know voted in by their their customers. And yeah, we're we're excited. So Reese, thank you very much. And people, guys, if you want to get in touch with Reese, ask him a couple of questions. I mean, his stuff again. It's something that is sounds simple, but it's it, in my opinion, it's it's so hard to actually implement. But it's going to be so impactful to the business. At the end of the day, my challenge is my customers need to do a better job picking up the phone. Whether it's a prospect or existing owner, you know, happy owner equals, you know, two more owners in the future as a referral. So, in any event, Reese, it's rhys at justpropertymanagement.com. If you want to throw him an email, throw me an email and I'll forward it to Reese. Uh, he's also a founder of a company called Q Results. We didn't get a chance to talk about that, but you can check that out, qresults.com.au, and that's the outsourcing company um, that he manages and founded just about, what, a, a year ago or so? Yeah, yeah, in the Philippines. In the Philippines. And and we hope to see you, Reese, at the PM Growth Summit, and thank you very much for your time today and all your wisdom. Thanks, Alex. Good talking to you also.